0: This, this is
1: the second, second
0: Story podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Second Story podcast. Today is the follow-up to our previous podcast featuring Mackenzie Chin. We sat down at her apartment to discuss the curation process of her story and the themes within. Enjoy.
0: Okay, so, so uh, just...
1: Amanda was your Amanda was your curator. Yes. And how did how did she help you find the structure and how do you feel like the themes of your story were strengthened absolutely by that structure uh
0: well the i knew that the theme that i was uh seeking to explore in my story was uh in regards to race which is a theme that i explore in a lot of uh in a lot of my own work and uh that is a theme in a lot of the work that i choose to do as an actor uh so my story kind of took place in in it takes place in three parts um the first part is its own scene and its its own experience that I had. Uh, the second is like a series of experiences along the same theme, and the third is another uh, another experience that I had. And the first, so the the ends, the first and the final scenes of the story, are are two different experiences of, of what we've now come to term uh, microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for anyone who experiences uh, who, who experiences things uh, things like this, one of the frustrating things is that they're they're kind of um, deniable, right? Like you right. experience them, but you come away, or I've come away from these experiences wondering if if it actually just happened, mm. or if I'm just being too sensitive, or or you just w- w- wondering if it's just it's its very confusing it can make you feel like the whole world's kind of gaslighting you um, yes
1: internalizing stuff is cr- it makes you feel crazy right correct. like am i just am i imagining these things are correct. they really happening yeah. and then when you find justification it only further like right. creates more scar tissue um- So uh, we got cut off again, but uh, finish the thoughts that you have, please. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: So the the first piece is uh, the first part of the story is an experience of a microaggression. uh, that I think is very common to uh, to people with a certain um, you know backgrounds and identities in the United States. It was uh, the experience of being followed around uh, a, a retail store sure. um, uh, for no reason, um, and again wondering, okay, are they just are they just doing their job, or do they just happen to be uh, like near me for 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 mm-hmm. no discernible reason? Why aren't they following this other person? Uh, all very deniable things, but that still left me with this this feeling of alienation and and concern and and frustration Uh, the middle of the piece uh is a series of uh experiences i had with um with a, a young man in various neighborhoods on the north side of chicago Over the course of maybe a month a month and a half where I would see him and he would see me and he would um, Call me epithets and and racial uh, racial slurs and names give me the finger and um, be otherwise um, Hostile and intimidating toward me Uh, And those that that was just just that wasn't microaggression that was plain old run-of-the-mill standard aggression um, And overtly racist
1: at DePaul, this was happening, right? This was happening that's on the campus crazy. of DePaul. Crazy. I mean, that's yes. y- you think about that part of the city and you imagine like, oh, this is where the the structural racism is, not the like it spit in yeah. your face type racism. Yeah. That is nuts.
0: Um, and I should I should mention that it happened in other in other neighborhoods as well. Surely. So Lincoln Park, Lakeview, uh, as well as Lincoln Square. It mm-hmm. was it was actually quite bizarre how I was kind of seeing the same person over and over again in various parts mm-hmm. of the city. Uh, and then the final part of the story um, details another microaggression, which I think is is common, particularly to to women. It's the experience of um, not uh, not being seen uh, while in a store, and someone cutting in front of me in line, and and being k- kind of kind and sincere when explaining that they just didn't see me, um, but that being no less problematic than any of the previous experiences in sure. the story. Sure,
1: because it's one they're totally unconscious right. of. It's right, it's about being
0: invisible. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I and then there. And then it goes back on itself again, too. And I, re- I re- remember times when I uh, just, for happenstance, like shook a, a, a man's... I met a couple and I shook the man's hand and I didn't shake the woman's hand. And it was like I to- like totally treated them differently and uh, didn't even think about it at the time. And there was no malice or, you know, like any conscious... Uh, d- difference of treatment in the, Absolutely. in the woman at all. But like suddenly I realized like, oh shit. Right. It, it's a like, sensitization. Does that mean something? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a sensitization uh-huh. that I think
0: we all, uh, have to be aware of going forward in, in the world that we live in now. For instance, my, uh, the, the thing that I'm trying to become more aware of and conscious of for my friends who, uh, who are non-binary is being respectful of, of the pron- pronouns that they choose yes. to employ and yes. really trying to rewire my thinking because right. we were so, we were, we're so hardwired for like binary thought and, trying to right. move out of that so that i can be respectful to uh, everyone's identity
1: i'm ready for all all pronouns being g or just whatever <laughs> or just being an x or something like that just so that it's like makes it easier for everybody yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so and at, at one point in the story you stop and you direct address the audience and say that you had a word in there that mm-hmm. uh that that you then excised because you're not comfortable saying it in mixed company, and that was the N word. Right. And um, first, I guess I wanted to wonder, I was wondering what mi- what do you mean by mixed company? Like uh, people you don't know, like white and black and brown people, and right. or what exactly? Yeah. Uh,
0: so it's, uh, it, uh, hmm. <laughs> Uh, so, as you said, the word that I that was included in a previous, mm-hmm. uh, in an early draft of the story is is the N word because it was something that was said to me uh, as I detailed the experience in the story. Uh, and I was reading the story out loud and I remember just saying just literally repeating what had been said to me which involved the Mm -hmm. n-word and I think I've read the story out loud twice and always had this feeling of it does not feel right to be saying this word and it's a word that I don't generally have a problem with saying Mm -hmm. but I realize that I tend not to use this word when I'm around um, people for whom uh, that word is charged in a different way I think there are are certain uh, there are groups um, usually I'm usually it's when I'm around black people and people of color uh, who employ this word in in a very um, fraternal way mm-hmm. in a in a way that's linked to in a loving way to identity and tribe um, and it's kind of it's been reclaimed in that way in a very organic way that sure. I embrace and I celebrate and um, However, even if I'm using this word in a celebratory um, way that is kind of, you know, evocative of kinship, if, if I'm not in a company that shares that kinship and that particular relationship to that word, then it feels very loaded and it feels very, very wrong. As um, if you
1: may be misrepresenting the word and correct. acceptable right. uses of it. It
0: feels sure. like, it feels to me like, um, it feels to me like a, a, a kind of code that I have to respect as part of uh this element of my identity and i want to shield that and honor that and protect it and i think to do that it means um not employing certain vocabulary in company that does not share those experiences
1: there's a real art to that right there's a real art to like making racial jokes as opposed to making racist jokes there's a real art to to like turning oppression back on its head correct and and yeah, I guess right. I, I guess I would agree with you. Mixed yeah. company is not the <laughs> right time to, right. Be, and to I, be flippantly throwing yeah. that out there. And I, it, yeah, mm-hmm. you do even cooler thing. And I'm sorry I just cut you off there, sure. but uh, in cooler thing in like the direct address because you're talking about your process there, and and your your line of thinking, and that's a line of thinking that some people have not thought about, or like because of some abstract notion of free speech, they think they should be allowed to say things like that. You know, when they forget that that was more to protect you from a state. it was to protect you from like like the regular person
0: absolutely uh and so in in workshopping the piece i found that i just i felt so uncomfortable saying this and uh, i amanda really encouraged me to lean into that feeling and honor that Mm -hmm. right so i decided i wasn't going to say that word but then there was also an opportunity to have the audience um the audience knows what I'm talking about. If you live in America and you don't live under a rock, you know what word I'm talking about almost immediately. And I think there's a real power in having the audience um, conjure that word for themselves. And then hopefully there being a process of, um, I guess, interrogating why our minds are so nimble in that regard. Um, And there's another moment in the story where I talk about the different uh, names that I was called by the person who was harassing me um, and kind of calling them out on actually not being that creative. They kind of called me the same name on a number of different occasions. And it's a kind of moment of gallows humor, I hope, where I say, you know, there are just, there are a lot of epithets. There are so many creative things that he could call me and he's not really, like really digging deep into his imagination there. Um, And I kind of uh, provoke hopefully the audience to, it's a moment where I think the audience has, has an opportunity to think of all of the epithets that are probably right. their own completely available, racism, Right. Right. And yeah. I think, I think we, so many uh, people, most of the people I know, I think, think of themselves as very liberal and open-hearted right. and progressive, but we all have our latent ta- uh, latent tendencies. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to uh, call ourselves out on them uh, and become aware of them. And I, th- hopefully that's a moment in the story where we, c- we can all just take stock of the ways in which, um, uh, we are so permeated by uh, by racism, uh, both overt racism and casual racism, and how they, they are, it is a part of our DNA.
1: Definitely. I thought that was a wonderful trick, and actually you just kind of covered, like, the next couple questions that I was going <laughs> to ask you, but um, I guess to cap it, like, the the game of signification you're playing there's that louis ck bit where he's like he hates when white people say the n-word and he doesn't mean like when they say the actual word it's like when they say (laughs) the n-word because like it's putting the word in your head and you kind of do that in the story but then you you address it in such a way where you're examining that from globally like around like this our own reflexive uh our own reflexive racism Mm -hmm. again like when you ask them to to come up with their own come up with their own uh, <laughs> uh, epithets <laughs> that, that they might have called you like how easy it is to do that and how horrifying mm-hmm. that is yeah. yeah but um it. but yeah you do such a good job of like interrogating you. making the audience interrogate themselves and you didn't even have to do it for them you just kind of create a bracket around which they can do it and they're like oh Thank you good it's, i think good. it's an
0: important um important part of uh, kind of improving improving our own individual Absolutely. citizenship
1: examining your own reflexive reactions yes. and stuff very good very good so uh a, a lot of we've been talking about words a lot um at the end of your story you kind of you bring it back to the body like the last line is i'm standing right here and i think there's this uh dissonance between discourse and bodies and a lot mm. of times uh we don't see like i'm imagine i'm trying to like take an empathetic view of maybe like your harasser and mm-hmm. be like is he's just some idiot kid who doesn't understand like the amount of violence that those words are are perpetuating about the amount of hurt that they're doing is he just like a little child with a toy gun mm. something like that um uh, because a lot of times we ignore and in all the micro the microaggressive ways then things we normalize through language the things that we that we re, the violences we reconstitute through language and they can be very subtle but that those words like cause these the craziness mm-hmm. that you feel at the beginning of the story in anthropology mm-hmm. uh these, these little micro things and uh so I guess you've heard my interpretation of that moment now. Yeah. So like, what is what is yours? If you can add example. The to final that moment or... where I
0: say uh, yeah. I'm standing right here. Right. Yes. Well, again, this is the this is the the experience of being in uh, being standing in line at a in a checkout line at a at a grocery store. Uh, I was standing actually right next to another woman, a white woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a man, <laughs> a new lane open, just steps away. I would have been next for the for the new lane. Mm-hmm. And a man just kind of stepped right in front of both of us and started putting his things on the checkout counter. And I remember just thinking, I can't, I just couldn't believe he. Did. just seemed so incredibly rude. And I think I was just having like a bad day that day. Mm-hmm. And I just chose to kind of call him out on it rather loudly. And uh, you know, again, he was very sincere and apologetic. He was like, Oh my God, I didn't, I didn't see you. Uh, and and that just didn't make me feel any better. in fact, I think it was it was even kind of worse because that just meant that I was invisible. And again, it's uh, one of those microaggression kind of moments where it's just like, okay, did he just not see me and that's all that that was or did he not see me because I am a woman? did he not see me because I'm a person of color and that's just not people mm-hmm. that he, we we that he perhaps is, Uh, kind of program to have regard for or or even really truly in a literal sense see on a regular basis Um, like why didn't he see me like why what are the reasons from the moment he was kind of introduced into this world or any of us are introduced to this world that Mm. cause us to see who we see and not see who we don't see.
1: Ooh, yeah. Ooh, um, did you feel liberated at all when you did that? I did yeah. actually. I also <laughs> well, felt yeah. kind of like I,
0: <laughs> I did feel liberated, and I there was a time when I just would have simmered and and really been upset and frustrated, and also frustrated with myself. It. And in inter- yes, yeah. um, but I I think it's again. It, heart of the reason why I write and tell stories is that I think it's important to call these things out and that gives us our power and that connects us with people who have similar experiences so that we can all move forward right Right. like I had an opportunity to to voice something that was important to me and hopefully he had an opportunity to perhaps consider who he sees and who he doesn't see and Mm -hmm. and and why and what that's connected to um and I uh, yeah. Again, I, I come back to Claudia Rankine's book *Citizen*, which um, talks about the sense of um, the sense of as a woman and as a person of color, often feeling invisible and often feeling voiceless. And I think um, it's up to me, um, with the the love and and respect that I have for my identities, to. Um, to seize the power of my own voice and not wait for someone uh-huh. else to hand it to me or, or validate me, I, I have to do that. Um, and, and in that way that felt very powerful. Um, yeah, that felt very powerful and it's also calling on others to examine their own um, um, their own actions
1: sure, and perceptions. Crazy how, crazy how I'm sure that guy felt like what you did was super violent, right? Because whenever <laughs> you break the social, the right. symbolic order, or whatever you want to call it, there, there is, it is a moment of violence, right? You're like, you're like breaking through, you know, like maybe you're fighting against other violence, but still like you're snapping something in half, right? right? And <laughs> I, I just,
0: I've decided to not care. Oh yeah, it could be a, it could <laughs> you know? be the
1: violence of healing or cre- or creation, yes. right? Yeah, 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 definitely.
0: Yeah, it's and I believe that um, progress rarely happens uh, unless some cart gets upset. Definitely, some you have yeah. to you have to um, yeah. You, sometimes you have to. Mess up the order. Sometimes you have to, you have to make people uncomfortable. Nothing is going to change until somebody feels uncomfortable enough to change.
1: And I think, considering uh, politics of today, Oof. that is a good place to end. <laughs> <laughs> Let's disrupt the status quo. Uh, Mackenzie, it was great talking to you. Same. Thank uh, you, Nick. I love your story. Very great. Very, very great. Appreciate uh, it. Second Story is supported in part by the Chicago Community Trust, the MacArthur Funds for Arts and Culture at the Richard H. Treehouse Foundation the Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, a city arts grant from the City of Chicago Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, the Arts and Business Council of Chicago, the Arts Work Fund for Organizational Development, and many generous individuals like you. I'm Nick Kawahara, and this this is the second Second
0: Story Podcast.